0: Welcome to Compa Keepers, where we talk about Compa characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance, and today we have a very special episode. Our San Diego Comic Con 2022 coverage is not over just yet. I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Ryan Parrott for about uh, 25 minutes at the convention, and we were able to speak about a lot of things that he has coming out including everything going on with the Masterverse, him finishing up all of his work on Power Rangers, coming up to his final issue of that, and just kind of some other things that he has going on, some of his previous works as well. Ryan has been a creator that I have been following for a long time now, and it was so much fun just being able to sit down with him. I just wanted to also mention our giveaway for hitting 15,000 downloads is still going. If you're listening to this the day it's releasing... You have until August 19th in order to leave us an Apple or iTunes review and DM us through Instagram or Twitter at CBKCast or email us comic at comicbookkeepers at gmail.com. Send us proof of leaving a review and you will be entered for our giveaway. It is going to be a box filled with comics, including three signed books and just there's a lot of little extras that we're throwing in it we're very excited so drop us a review get entered into the giveaway we are so happy and grateful that we've been able to get to this point and uh, yeah, it's just a big thank you that we wanted to give out to the fans. And then we will be announcing the winner the following week's episode. So on the 24th, we will be announcing who won that contest. That's the last bit of housekeeping we have. Hope you enjoy this interview with creator, writer, Ryan Parrott. Lance from Comic Book Keepers and the Geekly Grind here at San Diego Comic Con 2022, and I am very happy and honored to be talking with one of my favorite writers and comics today, Ryan Parrott.
1: How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for uh, having me. This is cool.
0: How's your con going so far?
1: It's good, good. I'm a little tired, you know. This is day three, so like, yeah, my feet are a little tired, and we've had a little. We've been up since ten doing panels and stuff, but yeah, it's been fun. It's a good con. It feels a little less, the little less crowded this year, and it, I like it. I mean, I, I you know, it's that you can walk and not have your feet hurt, so it's nice.
0: Yeah, the the concrete floor doesn't help with feeling the pains. <laughs> I, I I'm starting to feel more of my age the more I walk around the convention, but. It's it's been really cool like you said there's even though there's a ton of people here there's a lot of like time to interact with a lot of like your fans and people that are being able to come up to the booth and you have a lot of news coming out this San Diego Comic Con, especially. So it's no understandable why you're tired because you've had so many <laughs> panels. But let's t- first off talk about the Charge to 100 for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which you've been a part of since the, like the very beginning with GoGo. So tell us a little bit about what what's coming for the Power Rangers.
1: Uh, so yeah, so like you said, Charge to 100. So uh, we, I, I actually didn't start writing Mighty Morphin. Kyle Higgins obviously started with uh, with issue one and zero and. I think he took it all the way to thirty, and then Marguerite Bennett took over for a few issues, like ten issues or so, and then I took over at forty. And so I've been writing, and then, but if you add in GoGo, and you add in AfterShock, and you add in uh, Ranger Slayer, and Ninja Turtles, and all that stuff, it ends up being about a hundred and. 100 and some change. Yeah. So yeah, so like for me, it's been over 100, but yeah, so we're going to 100 and uh, because of the, the even though we've, we did Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers, it's all very confusing, but yeah. If you go to, it all adds up to basically 100 issues. And so yeah, we decided we wanted to do something to sort of celebrate that. Um, and so we're sort to start wrapping up a lot of storylines that we've planted up as early as GoGo, stuff that I had been incorporating there. Um, and so it's all gonna build to 100 and uh, this is gonna be a story that hopefully changes the status quo of the, of the comic book a little bit and, um, you know, pays homage to what's come before it and hopefully, um, pay you know... Uh, like, let's, let's the road go forward For uh, Melissa Flores Who's going to take over At 101 Which is she's And she was With Hasbro Early on As a brand um, I guess her brand What's the term she had She was basically Like one of our executives Who helped us Break early story And now she's actually Going to be writing it So it's very exciting And for me It's my last issue On the uh, on the regular series uh, After six years So it felt like A nice time to step away And let someone else Play with the toys
0: yeah. It's a nice round number too You yeah. can call it there But yeah Gogo was amazing Just because It, it added so much depth Like character development for so many of the Rangers And during the panel that we had The Charge 100 you talked about How you wanted it to be more of like the 70-30 As far as like 70% of the book Being more with the Rangers are families, school life Versus the 30% being with like Going against the monsters And I think that that gave so much To the series and then just like Bled into when you took over Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as a whole It just it flowed so well Yeah and and like you mentioned Melissa Flores taking over at, at 101 is exciting and we also within the same massive verse cuz you're also there too she's her first book just drops was the dead lucky yes. And I was lucky enough to have Image send me over a copy. It's phenomenal. So everyone out there. good,
1: You read it. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's a really good book. I'm really excited. She let me read it early. And because uh, we knew last year when we did Supermassive that she was going to do that book. Uh, so she's in the last few pages of that. But it's nice to actually have her book around. It's really fun. It's, it's just another area. It's, it's one of the things I like about the Massiveverse, not to jump off of the Power Rangers. We'll go back to that. But like I like how each book has such a different feel to it. And I remember when I got to read hers, I was like, oh, this, this is not a book I could write, which I really like. So. Yeah.
0: It, it's, I'm so excited for Masterverse, and I promise everyone listening we're going to get to that in a minute. <laughs> but jumping back to Power Rangers. So with issue 100 and kind of things coming up, there's also going to be uh, Power Rangers Unlimited introducing the Death Ranger because there's some big stuff coming. You, yeah. you mentioned in the panel that not everyone might possibly make it out of the storyline coming up. Right. So could you tell us a little bit about, like, the Death Ranger and, and how that character is going to come into play?
1: Yeah, so we planted some stuff in the early... I think when I, I think might have been, like, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number, like, 45, maybe? Something like that? Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, but it was, like, 45. And I think we start talking about how the fact that there was Omega Rangers in the past and that they've been around and that they, they stopped working for a reason that Zordon kind of knew about them. And ever since I had laid that line in there, I realized I need to pay that off at some point. And so when we started coming up with what we wanted to do. This is sort of a brief aside. So, like, basically my entire run of Power Rangers, I've had sort of four sections, right? The first section was Go-Go, which was me, like you said, 70, 30. That was just the high school years for the kids. And then when I took over at Necessary Evil um, with uh, issue 40, I was like, okay, so now there's going to be the arrival of the Mega Rangers. And the I wanted it to be like college. I wanted those kids, like, it's like they, Jason Trini and Zach, they go away to another world and they become, they, they you know, they go to college and they come back. And their relationships with their with their friends and their fathers, and I mean, their parents and all has changed just the way that people who go away to college do. And I thought that was like a neat way of looking at each uh, stage in your life. And so then we went from that to the uh, ultimate unlimited power, Eltarian War section. And for me, that was like, we, they no longer have a mentor. They have to start figuring out what they're doing with their lives. It's like when you get out of college, right? And you're like, okay, I've learned everything. I don't have anybody, no teachers are telling me what to do anymore. I've got to find my own path. And do I want to do this? You know, this is, is this what I want to do with the rest of my life? And you make wrong decisions and you don't know what you're doing. And so that was what that section was. So coming into the last section of of what I knew was going to be the end of my run, I thought, okay, what's the next stage in your life? And that's in, you know, that 25 to 35-year-old range. That's the two things that happen the most in your life are your friends start to have kids and you, and the people that you love start to pass away. You lose your grandparents or your parents and stuff like that. And you start losing stuff. And I just thought, okay, it's life, it's birth and death. And so that's where the Death Ranger came from. I'd had the idea of the Death Ranger, the visual of a Power Ranger helmet with the the exposed teeth from the very beginning. That was actually before I ever wrote a single issue of Power Rangers. I had that idea. And so I thought, well, that's a, that's a cool thing to bring in here. And so I realized I could combine that with the idea that they might have been an Omega Ranger and that this is sort of like the forgotten, the untalked about Omega Ranger and sort of bring that bring that, so pay off the thing that I wanted to in that early stages while also sort of bringing in an adversary that wouldn't require like a huge explanation and and wasn't somebody we'd seen before Um, and so that was the whole intention so like it also, so thematically for me when you read it, you know, the idea that Jason and uh, – sorry, that Zach and Trini, uh, they find an alien uh, kid named Journey and they end up sort of becoming parents. That's that section. And then obviously with Jason and the loss of one of his, uh, one of his parents, that's the death part. And I just want and it felt like having those two emotional stories happen and having those sort of collide with the Death Ranger story felt like a really nice sort of – tie up to their entire story and and building into 100 so yeah
0: that's incredible easily one of my favorite additions to the Power Rangers universe has been the Omega Rangers their their suit designs are phenomenal and for a lot of us growing up, one watching the show is the fact that we had Jason Trini and Zach leave, and we don't get anything else. And it's this weird thing because in the show, it was a contract issue, and then right. they didn't even have the actors there the the last day of shooting. It was, it was
1: very awkward. Yeah, it was very awkward. If you go back and watch those, especially after you know it's not when you're a little kid, you don't quite know what's going on. You just know it's sudden. When you get older, you're like, that's not what Jason sounds like. <laughs>
0: it, it's so strange. And then they transfer the powers and bolt. There's like two of each ranger there, so. It's it's this weird moment in the show. So, when I was reading the storylines, and then we got to see Jason, Trini, and Zach and their future and their storyline with the Omega Rangers, that felt like such a natural progression of their character. And it it was so much fun just seeing their development beyond that. So, it's so much fun to see that. And it's very cool for the fact that you had that image of a death, of like a death ranger, but with like exposed teeth and then incorporating the omega rangers with that so kind of on your way out you're bringing something in that you had an idea for before you even started
1: yeah exactly there was a bunch of those there's like two or three things that i think i like alpha one was something that i originally had planned i actually pitched alpha one as a character for aftershock like that was one of my first like when my first book of power Rangers. i was like okay how about we bring in like that alpha one character who helped build the original zords and that could be the story and they were like "No, no no we're not gonna do that um And uh, so that was one character I would pitched. And then the other one was, oh man, what am I losing it? I think it was, um, and then it was Death Ranger. And there was something else too. I can't remember what it was. It might've been like putting Zordon in a suit. I can't remember. There was like three things I had from the very beginning. But yeah, Death Ranger was the one that I was like, well, I guess if this is the last run, I might as well try it, so. Yes, well,
0: I'm very glad you were able to conclude that in there. (laughs) And so even while we're saying, yes, this is gonna be the last issue, issue 100 is gonna be your last issue on Power Rangers. It, it's not quite true. You also lie. <laughs> because during the, the panel that we had, the Charge 100, there was this massive reveal that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Series 2 is going to be coming. Not only with you returning as the author and Dan Mora coming back to do the art with covers... Dan Mora is also going to be doing the interiors for the yeah. book this time around too.
1: Yeah, somehow Dan Mora, uh, who I believe has to have like a twin brother in his in his basement somewhere, drawing at the same time and pretending he, he's one person, is amazing because he's doing so much. Uh, but yeah, so we we knew pretty early on that we wanted to do a sequel um, because there were so many ideas that we had that we just weren't able to put into the first five issues uh, run. And so they came to me pretty early and talked about it, and it was a long discussion. Um, and there were several points where I was like, I don't, I just don't know if I want to do it again because I don't, I don't, I really had a, such a wonderful time writing uh, the first volume i was a little nervous of like messing up the second and like you don't want to go out you know like leave early right leave the party early and um and but then dan they were like dan mora has available to do interiors i was like well dang if dan's gonna do it like i have to just because i can't you know and that's my buddy then we started on go-go together so it'll be fun to, to work with him again i haven't done interiors with him since since in five years so um i oh, no, that's not sure we did ranger slayer together so i apologize um but, uh, yeah, it, it'll be a lot of fun. There's so many things that we wanted to put in there that are cool. And once we figured out who the villain was, I think that sort of cemented it because we were a little, like, I don't know, we, there's a lot of different directions you can go. And so, but when we figured that villain out, I uh, that was the point where I was like, okay, I think this is something that will be a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and obviously, you know, every time I, tr- I try to leave, they pull me back in. <laughs>
0: And for good reason. I, I understand why they do that. Because the the first run of TMNT, Power Rangers, that crossover, was probably one of the most entertaining comics easily that year. But I'm, I'm going to say probably within a decade of reading for me personally. Just because Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles for me have been like a core part of my childhood growing up. Right. And so reading those stories there's there they i can see the love that you have for both of those series as well because there's so many easter eggs throughout that entire run so many phrases so many things that they do it's just like innate nature for all of those characters so what, what was some of your favorite things like easter egg wise that you threw into the story
1: um, I think for me it was like because I grew up I, I was a much bigger turtle fan than I was a ranger fan as a kid because I, I was a little I was a little older. for I was the perfect age for turtles. I think Power Rangers came right right after it and so I was just excited about they just go to like you said they go together so well I mean I, I've said this before but it's like I'm going to tell you it's like okay I'm going to do a story about uh, a group of teenager color-coded teenagers who fight uh, foot soldiers and uh, against a warlord like it, that could be both shows at the same time. I'm describing both shows so they fit together so well um, but for like Easter stuff like I really there, there was a fun moment I think I really liked where uh, Billy's sitting down with Splinter and he asks him so are you like a are you a, or a, a rat that turned into a person or a person that turned into a rat and Splinter's reaction is exactly and then he's like okay and I just thought that was such a fun way to, to deal with it because depending on the lore and depending on what version of the show you've watched it depends and changes so that was something that I really liked um, getting Casey getting to bring Casey Jones into the story and trying to figure out exactly what version you wanted to do of him was really fun uh, I so just like I loved the relationships like the fun part of that of that story and it 's something that i 'm going to do in the next one is is, is part is pairings that 's the really fun stuff like Donatello and Billy are so obviously fun to put together they 're both brilliant and I love the idea that Donatello was like a huge turtle fan who just wanted to impress him with all the fun gadgets he 's made and um, and I really like you know Zach and Michelangelo are really fun to put together. The one that was surprisingly like, surprised me the most is how much I like Trini and Raphael yes. and I, it, because they, it was weird this thing. About like I've always loved that Trini is sort of the empath empathetic person on the group. She can really she understands you know where everybody's heart and emotions are. And Raphael is so closed off that I love that in that story she's very in tune with where he is emotionally and she can see through all of the the shields he puts up. And he and they have some real interesting conversations. They actually are like the thematic line in the in the story. And I thought that was something that came out of a surprise because like one thing that's fun as a writer is like. You tend to know where you're going to go with some things. But then every once in a while, like in GoGo, I did a a love story between Trini and Jason. Absolutely love that storyline. That came out of the fact that I, I was writing the story, and I knew what everybody else was doing. I didn't know what those two characters were doing. And I just thought there, and I thought, you know what? Like, Trini might really like Jason in like an interesting and I just, it was because I had these two characters who were sort of, I didn't have a story for them so I just put them together and then it just sort of told the story itself and I never expected it and it was really fun. Um, And that's exactly what happened with Trini and Raphael. I didn't really know, I knew everybody else's story but I didn't know what they were. But then when I sat down and thought about it, it's weird that they become my favorites and that happens more often than not. So I'm really excited to do that again in the next one with some different pairings. I want to flip stuff around. I don't want to just do the same thing over again. So finding Different, different interactions between the Rangers and the Turtles will, will be kind of is the fun part of doing it again.
0: That's uh, I'm so excited to see what pairings come up in the next one. And again, this run was incredible, so I am so excited for what's coming. Uh, just because d- during the pandemic is re- like this came out like yeah, I didn't, right. I
1: forgot about that. Yeah, I'd forgotten that it was it came out during the middle of the pandemic because we pushed everything back a few months. Yeah, so you know, it was weird. Yeah.
0: So it, it was one of those times where things were not the greatest for ever, as, like for anyone, and so having a story like that like did a lot for a lot of people, and I know that. And so like reading through that story. Uh, me and a friend, we actually read it through together, both big fans of all your work and then also, of course, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles as a whole. And I don't know if you know about the board game uh, Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. Oh, yeah,
1: I know it. I played it, yes. It's fun. It's
0: so much fun to the point where my friend and I wanted the... the Ninja Turtle Rangers <laughs> in the game so bad that we made customs for everything.
1: Oh, that's awesome. They're very cool. Oh that's amazing. Yeah you should tell them that. They should totally make those. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we they made a Mega Ranger set, didn't they?
0: They did, and I have it.
1: Oh that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah I love yeah. that.
0: I think I have every expansion so far. It's a super fun it's game. It's
1: a really fun game. I think the more you play it too, the better it gets, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you can come the fun thing is is like within your stories you're doing these fun crossovers with different characters being able to team up. And that's the thing the board game gets to do too is you can pick rangers that wouldn't normally go together. Yeah. Throw them in how they can do their combos and everything. That's
1: how I read the comics. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's probably why I love your
0: comics. <laughs> so uh, last time we saw the end of the TMNT Power Ranger crossover, we saw Rita forcing Shredder to take them into Dimension X. So what can we look forward to seeing with that phase of the story?
1: Um, I can't say too much because that will spoil stuff. Uh, but I will say that I am very aware of that ending um, and that does suggest a certain direction that I will that I am that I understand Uh, I was like I can't say anything else that'll get me in trouble Um, but I think in the same way that I really liked interesting pairings with the Turtles, I like interesting pairings within the villains, and so I think what'll be fun is not just doing the same thing over again with Rita and Shredder. I love them, they're really fun to bounce off each other. I think whenever you put two villains together who don't like each other but see the world, like, you just know they're gonna double-cross each other at certain points, and so it was kind of fun to write that and play that and have, like, Shredder get the one-up on her and then Rita turn the tables and stuff like that, so you have to honor that, but I think what's gonna be fun is, obviously, with the second one, we want to go bigger, we want to, you know, expand Out the story a little bit more, so you might see some new people in there and some new pairings and some new relationships. Uh, I won't say exactly who those people are going to be because I don't want to, you know, get me in trouble, but like it'll be fun to see. uh, That'll be that's that was the fun part was like figuring out who the villain could be and what their plan would ultimately be and when that that's that's the way you should write everything it's like you come up with the characters and then you create a plot that hopefully puts the characters in the most interesting situations and so that villain to me is what sort of drove it It it's like oh well now it's gonna create these sort of scenarios and situations that put my people in interesting stories it's like let's say like I know it's like I wrote Turtles the first Turtles uh, Ranger crossover for an excuse to have Mikey and Zach talk about uh, pizza topics. like that's I know that's like that's not why you write a plot but that's the stuff that I really like and so I feel like that's what I'm going to do again is like create a plot that puts people in situations that you get to talk about interesting things
0: I, I have to tell you one of my best friends that I actually made those custom cards with his name's Zion he his favorite part of that run
1: was the pizza topping <laughs> <connection>. <laughs> I love it because like there was a point I think that Michelangelo doesn't like p- pineapple on pizza but apparently he likes chocolate which is such a <laughs> funny combo he's just like oh man no no of course he's just like a, like yeah, th- th- yeah those are fun those are fun things to do because you're just like it's like I can hear those voices in my head as a kid so it was just so fun to be able to to, to, to do it for some. I, I was—it's a dream come true.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. so much fun to read. So we, we've talked about Power Rangers, talked about TMNT Power Ranger crossover. So let's let's jump over to the Massive Verse now. So you are currently writing Rogue Son, and it's it's a really interesting story. So for for any anyone listening that might not know kind of like the synopsis behind, it, would you be able to give like just a little bit of a. a like a breakdown of what this story is about?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so, Rogue Sun is part of the Massiveverse, like you said. Uh, it's uh, Kyle Higgins, uh, me, Matt Groom, uh, Melissa Flores, uh, Cherish Chen, we're all doing this stuff. So, basically, we we, we had such a, we all met on Power Rangers. And obviously, you know, when you're dealing with IP, there are you know, certain things you're just not allowed to do, certain things you can't, there's just expectations of those. And so, we all kind of, from working in that world where like came up with ideas and thought, what well, would be really fun to do our own thing where we didn't have any rules, the characters could be our own, and we could all sort of work together and, and sort of and take some chances that you wouldn't be able to do with, with, with licensed product. And that's where the Masterverse came from. It started with Radiant Black, which is Kyle's run, which is basically sort of an adult version of, of Power Rangers. And then my, my story came in with Rogue Sun, which is basically about a kid. His name's Dylan Siegel. He's like 17 years old. Uh, I would say he's not a nice person. He's very much like a flash Thompson character most stories are about kids who get pushed in lockers I want to do a story about the guy pushing them into the locker um, and so he just, his father left when he was very very young uh, then he finds out one day that his father's passed away and he goes to the will reading and what he discovers in the will reading is that his father was actually a superhero named Rogue Son and has another family and weirdly enough has left the powers of Rogue Son to Dylan as opposed to the other members of his family and so Dylan who hates his dad is like I'm going to use these powers to become my own superhero to sort of show up my dad well what he doesn't know as he activates them the first time and this is sort of a spoiler but not a huge spoiler is that uh, whenever he puts on the suit and activates powers he can literally there's a giant vision of his father standing right next to him, like a ghost and that relationship is sort of like I, I, it's like a bad Jarvis it's like imagine if Iron Man's dad was Jarvis in the Iron Man suit and so those two have to work together to sort of have, it, to have Dylan sort of become a good hero and save the city and about those two it's like what would it be like to have the greatest powers in the world but have to work with the person you hate most in the world and that's my pitch and so we are five issues into this. I think issue six comes out next Wednesday. Um, it's a very personal story. It's a, uh, I've had a really, really good time writing it. We're taking some chances. Uh, issue seven is going to be a Choose Your Own Adventure, which is something, uh, or in the, in the vein of Choose Your Own Adventure, I don't wanna get in trouble. But it's like it's gonna be one of those stories and it's thematic and connected to the rest of the story. And it's, if you like anything I've done with Power Rangers or if you like any of the stuff I've done with my other independent stuff, it's very much in that vein. Yeah.
0: And you actually revealed that that storyline, that Choose Your Own Adventure, is because of a certain villain that's going to be introduced. And so, do you want to talk about that villain for a second?
1: Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, as, a, as a Batman, Spider-Man fan, I think your heroes are only as good as their rogues gallery. No pun intended, with the rogues on. Um, and I, I really enjoy it. Like that. that's the really fun thing about doing a legacy character, is that you have all, that you have all these all pre-styled villains that you just come to, can come out of the woodwork whenever you want. But for this one, I wanted to create, now that Dylan, going into issue seven of the story Dylan is sort of making some of his own choices and dealing with and so I wanted to have him be somebody who's sort of dealing with creating his own villains and dealing with the, the decisions coming re- with repercussions so there's a character named ornate who uh, who was a design that my uh, that Abel just did in one drawing that was amazing and his idea his power is sort of the ability to manipulate time and show you time and so what the book does is it actually puts the reader in the situation it basically puts you in the shoes of Dylan and you have to make the choices that the, the villain is showing you in order to sort of try and see if you can make the right choice and ultimately that will reveal how hard it is to actually be a hero and it will come with its own set of repercussions. So it's kind of a fun thing to play with where your villain so the reader actually going to go up against the villain themselves, which is kind of fun.
0: That is one of the coolest phrases in comics I think I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> but
0: But I I know we have to get you back to your booth because everyone else needs to get your signatures and meet you and actually have their time. But is there anything else you want to add, anything you want our listeners to know about, things you have coming up, other things they should be looking out for?
1: Um, sorry, uh, coughing a little bit. Um, no, I, I think that's. I mean, I think that's everything for now. Uh, I have. Uh, I'm going to be doing a second de- uh, volume of Dead Day, which is my other show. Uh, with my my book with AfterShock. Uh, that's going to be a show on um on Peacock this year, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'm I'm in the process of doing that. Uh, what else is going on? Um, Rogue Sons going on. Power Rangers. I think that's pretty much it, man. I'm I'm very. I've been very lucky to be in comics now for six or seven years now, and and actually, you know, it's been really the best thing about coming this con it's been crazy I've had lines at my signings for the first time ever and I, I, I'm used to going to the signings and being like there's three people there and they were just there because of the panel that's coming up next so like it's been very flattering and cool but everybody's been so uh, awesome and just just generous and really cool. People like yourself who can come in and tell me that they, they like my work and, and that makes this whole worth Because, you know, as a writer, 90, especially with the last two years, most of my time is at home on a, on a laptop and playing on Twitter and not everybody's nice on Twitter. <laughs>
0: yeah, No, they are not. But I, I think it's so funny, that fact, because uh, before the con, I was worried that we would have to, like, figure out ticketing events because certain people, like, you have to have tickets to get signed. And I actually messaged you and I was like, so where do we get the tickets? And you said, that's, oh, that you? yeah, that, that was I, me.
1: I'm flattered people would come get a ticket for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I was like, oh, sweet. I could just walk up to the booth. Yeah, no, so it, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. And we will definitely be sharing all the information about where people can find all of your books online as well as follow you on social media to really know what else is coming
1: up. Awesome, man. Thank you. This is a pleasure. I, this is the best part of my day. So,
0: Thank you, Ryan. Again, massive thank you to Ryan Parrott for sitting down with me during San Diego Comic-Con. It was so much fun just being able to hear about all of the things that he's working on and as well as uh, we, we talked a little bit after we stopped the recording and there was a, a few more insights that uh, I can't talk about but very excited for what's coming ahead. Well, it's time to close the book on this interview with Ryan Parrott. So until next time, this is Lance reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer.